0: Sorry, our cats decided we're not going to record right now.
1: (laughs) All right, everyone, welcome back to the Royville Movie House. We just walked out of the theater and all my popcorn is done, so I guess we're going to talk about. A very bad movie.
0: Yeah. Tonight, we watched The Swinging Cheerleaders. It was a movie. It was a movie. And it was written by Jack Hill David, and David Kidd and directed by Jack Hill. The top-billed cast, I debated on whether or not to read these out, but I think I have to. Um, <laughs> because none of these, I don't... I honestly don't think that any of these would be recognizable, but give credit where credit's due. So, Joe Johnson, Cheryl Smith, Colleen Camp, Roseanne Catton, Ron Hijack, Rick Carrot, Jason Summers, Ian uh, Sander, and George Wallace. Oh, and Jack Denton. So, that's that. We can do a synopsis if you'd like.
1: Well, really, the synopsis that is written is not the movie.
0: Well, I mean, that's how it started. Okay. It's true, though. I mean, it's how the This movie is like two movies.
1: So, basically, all the college students that are, that are in their 40s
0: mm-hmm.
1: have decided to...
0: No, just one.
1: Oh, well, I mean... <laughs> All of the college students at least looked, because it's the 70s, to me, looked like they were in their 40s. Oh, that's fair. And then one of the college students, who had nothing to do with the jock scene or the cheerleading jock scene, Decided to write a scathing commentary about the exploitation of cheerleaders in modern America.
0: Well, women specifically, in cheerleading in modern America.
1: Well, right, because I guess in the 70s there weren't any male cheerleaders.
0: Well, not that we saw in the movie. Either. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> so.
0: It, uh. The synopsis states, in order to write an expose on how cheerleading demeans women, a reporter for a college newspaper infiltrates the cheerleading squad. That's pretty much the first 15 minutes of the movie. Very,
1: very easily.
0: Uh, yeah, she made the squad. She, she went through tryouts.
1: It was the scene in Bring It On uh, where Elijah Dushku tries out for the cheerleading squad only done really crappy and very short.
0: Yes, the um, captains of the cheerleading. Well, no, actually, the entire cheerleading squad. Actually, we Steve and I went back and forth on this. There are three characters sitting at a table to get one more cheerleader. We assumed. Well, I assumed at first that. That's it. That the this college has three cheerleaders. Well, now four. Steve said he thought it was the captains,
1: but then it well, turns there out were, that there... there were like three captains, but there were really only five cheerleaders. So most okay. of them were chiefs, and only a couple Indians.
0: It was very strange. It was.
1: Very weird. Well, the, the whole movie was very strange. It lost its premise and gained new ones about every five minutes.
0: All right, so Katie um, is the main character who has decided to write this expose. She's the pretty, at least television and movie stereotypical feminist from the early 70s. She doesn't wear a bra. She's encouraging other women not to wear bras. She's writing a paper slash article on how cheerleading exploits women. Uh, she's dating a guy with really... Uh, he, she, she's dating the guy who... The guy.
1: I, I, she's telling a virgin she just needs to get laid. Well, yes, because it is a college movie made in the early 70s. And she's a feminist, so of course that's what she wants to have happen.
0: Uh, Gosh, and Katie, she's dating this guy. I I can't get over this guy. I'm sorry. I'm trying to put into words the stereotype because I know this guy. Well, bits of this guy. He is every pretentious know-it-all that you will ever meet. He's every one of them combined into one person with a bad patch on the ass of his jeans. Literally. That's what this guy
1: is wrong. I think it was hot air balloons. I don't remember.
0: It was kind of... Mm. And he had a, a white person, you know, fro, which should have been a big clue to me that he was going to be a douche. Because he was enlightened I guess I I guess. Anyway, as the plot goes on, it changes into like that whole revenge of the nerds Porky's, sort of softcore middle school ooh, there's a boob porn?
1: Yeah, it uh, the movie tracked at about an hour and a half. And I would swear if the movie tracked as an hour, they cut the soft pours, porn scenes out of it. But there was just a soft porn of soft porn, really. It was, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't... Gratuitous. Very gratuitous. Not needed. But then again, the acting was poor. The writing was poor. Uh, I believe the directing was poor. The filmography, or the film. uh, Cinematography. The cinematography, thank you, was poor. So I guess the movie needed something. So boobs. And a little bit of butt. (laughs) But boobs. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it
0: was insane. I've never, I've lived in dorms. I've shared rooms with women. We don't just take our shirts off and decide that, ooh, hello, boob. I'm sorry. That's just not a thing that happens. It's not a thing that happens without somebody at least saying something. Like, I'm sorry, I've got to get changed. Like, it's just not a thing. It's not a thing. This whole movie is like a whole bunch of this is not a thing happening. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so this happens. Um Katie breaks up with Ron because he's a douche, um, discovers that the cheerleaders really aren't so bad, and the whole program really isn't so bad, and then gets distracted by something that's even bigger than that, which is a gambling ring that involves the head cheerleader's dad, who is the, I, I think, the president of the Alumni Association?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Uh, the, the head coach and one of the professors. Um, a math professor, because he's the one who kind of did the numbers to figure out how How to do the gambling ring and and game it. So Katie gets wind of this whole thing going on. And Buck, the quarterback who's supposed to marry the head cheerleader, gets interested in Katie. There's a whole big thing in the middle there with that whole distraction.
1: Where he's a dumb jock then you find out he's a dumb jock with a heart of gold. She instantly sleeps with him. Because his dad dies, Steve. Yes, because his dad dies. She instantly sleeps with him, and then they kind of have a thing a little bit through the rest of the movie. His, the head cheerleader girlfriend seems to kind of be an antagonist villain, but then again, at times, she's just
0: there. Yeah, she's just there. So... She's pretty,
1: well, yeah, but I mean that's not kind of. Well, I don't know what the point of her would be. So she's pretty.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, so Katie gets wind of this gambling ring, and so basically the the I can't even remember something State. What was the name of the school? Mesa. 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 That's Mesa. right. Mesa State. Having a very good season because Buck, the quarterback, is a very good quarterback, and his friend, the other guy who had lines from the football team, is a very good receiver. And Ross. Oh, that's right, Ross. <laughs> because I made the <laughs> you made, friends you did. joke. You sorry, did. Yes. You made the friends joke. Sorry, you're right. So Buck and Ross are a good team on the on the field. Everybody else, whatever, doesn't have any. Yeah, they don't have any. Um. So they get it in their heads that if they can basically win a series of games and then they can keep it within the spread and then win a bunch more games and then lose at the championship because it's like 40 to 1 chances at that point that they get a big payout. So they go through, they line everything up, everything's perfect for going into the big game and to blow the championship, except for they didn't tell any of the players that this is what was happening. So right before the big game, like hours before the big game, uh, Buck is at his girlfriend's house, fiance, whatever. And the coach and the head of the alumni association and the professor are all in the head of the, the his office at that house. And uh they offer it to him. They offer to pay him out or whatever, just blow the game. He says no. Because
1: he has well his dad died, so he's the uh, right. jock with a heart of gold. Of course he's not going to throw the game. That would not be honorable.
0: So he leaves, and the head of the alumni association's like, well, time for plan B. And the professor's like, no, no, I'm not down for all that violence. And alumni guy says, well, it's either that or we lose all this money. So he calls his people. Who were actually... He campus. calls
1: his campus police henchmen.
0: Right. And Buck calls Katie on the way home, apologizes for a tiff they had, because that's a whole nother thing that I'm going to get into in a second, because it'll just confuse the main plot. Uh, apologizes for something that he did earlier, which I'll get to later. And they meet up to talk, The campus police officers pull Buck over, leaving Katie in the passenger seat to watch them rough him up a little bit and plant a joint on him. And then they just drive away, leaving her in the passenger seat, unscathed. They didn't even threaten her. So she runs back, goes to her room, and who's waiting there but the professor who... who had a change of heart came to tell the girls again for a reason i'll get to in a minute and so they get half the football team and all the cheerleading squad except for the head cheerleader to go and rescue buck and do you know what the big plan is they're going to get buck drunk
1: yeah they're going to get him drunk they're going to put him in a hotel with uh some women it's going to be all over the press and his life will be ruined
0: All because three guys wanted money. Anyway, so he hits one of the police officers over the head with a bottle of liquor and starts to run off. But there's a third guy who came from nowhere and isn't in the movie before or after this scene. He's just there to tackle Buck as he runs away. And so they get him drunk by basically pouring liquor down his throat. And all of the... Well, half of the football team. And all of the cheerleaders, except for the head cheerleader. And I guess the two no-name cheerleaders that happened yeah, to fill there the there
1: were other cheerleaders. Yeah. Uh,
0: they'll come and figure out where they're at, and then it becomes a... Oh, I don't know. Laurel and Hardy or Marx Brothers or like three stone stu- cops oh. running
1: around. I think at that point they realized that their movie was ridiculously stupid, and so just went with it. I mean, you had everybody running by one of the bad guys, hitting him in the stomach, punching him in the face, and then a couple people did that then all the cheerleaders did that it was almost kind of like uh leslie nielsen uh sketch comedy as uh, they were doing that and then you had tackle punches and just throwing barbells at people and then falling into trash cans i mean it was very comical and even the the Music behind it was very no
0: no 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 no, you know,
1: kind of. It
0: was. It was. Yeah. um Actually, IMDb does have it. the The, the genre it has it in his comedy slash sport. So, there you go. Yeah. Um. So anyway, through this long fight, uh Katie and one of the cheer one of the other cheerleaders are trying to get Buck out. Which I found very odd because he was sitting in a chair with wheels and they opted to lift him up out of the chair with wheels to walk him across the floor to a dolly that they laid him on and then wheeled him out on the dolly. Again, it's all comical, yay, whatever. But anyway, there we go. They get back to the game after, ha- after he
1: pukes. Well, actually, though, there's the moment where the oh. professor bad guy turned good gets shot. And we don't know if he's going to live, but he's like, don't worry about me. We have to win the game.
0: Yes. He's... And
1: everybody's like, yes, let's not worry about you. Let's all go to the game. And it <laughs> yes. was this whole, like, we must win the game. And you're like, dude just got shot with a bullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And let's go to the game. Yes, yes. So then at the very end, kind of the last scene, we'll get to some of these crazy subplots, but... The last scene, all of the people run on. Buck Larson obviously uh, does not need to worry about alcohol. He just throws it up and he's totally good. Uh, Seconds later, the cheerleaders kind of get together and the head cheerleader, who we don't know is if she's an enemy, uh friend, frenemy, she says, what are we doing? We need to cheer because we need to win the game. And guess what? And then they all start cheering. They jump into uh, camera still poses and... The end. ...credits. We don't even know if they won the game. I know. <laughs> I'm I mean, need to find the sequel. <laughs> I'm so
0: invested in this plot. So, that's the main plot.
1: All right. So, that's the main plot. So, subplot number... Now, we'll go through a few of these. Uh, subplot number one you want to talk about. What is the first ridiculous subplot we need to uh, mention?
0: Andrea needing to lose her virginity. Yes. So... Andrea is a blonde
1: freshman. Probably the youngest, youngest blonde, young blonde freshman cheerleader. Probably the youngest person on the cheerleading team. So she's probably in her (laughs) mid-30s.
0: She's dating Ross, who has been very sweet so far, but is losing his patience with the fact that his girlfriend just will not go all the way. Because she's almost 20, for God's sake.
1: Almost 20, yes.
0: That's what he said. Yeah. So they get into a fight, sort of. Ross says he's not mad, but then storms off mad. And then the next time she sees him, he's with another girl.
1: So the feminist uh, decides that she just needs to forget him and have sex with the first guy. That the Basically. young cheerleader sees. So the first guy that the young cheerleader sees is the... Ron. It's th- Ron. And that's the...
0: Douchebag activist Katie's ex.
1: Yes. So they go back to his apartment and they start to do some things as you do. Um, she goes all... I mean, I'm just trying to be as polite about this as possible. She goes all the way with him. She decides she loves it and wants to try everything. So what does the douchebag do? He decides to call his buddy Faustus and get the family together so they can do a whole... I don't want to say the word, but they can basically all have sex with her.
0: Oh, she's very drunk. She just drank, like it was water, almost an entire fifth of vodka, too. So, there's that whole consent thing that doesn't really hold up very well no, I mean, after, like, 40 years. it was ridiculously
1: offensive to me. It was ridiculously offensive. But what was even worse is her... Ex-boyfriend, um, kind of a good guy. He finds She goes back to his place. He finds her. He brings her back to her place with the other uh, cheerleaders. You can definitely tell that she appears to be roughed up a little bit. She has uh, some small scars on her face. Her That's face is kind of dirty. Um and he's like, I can still be with you. There's, kind of, there's, there's a very touching moment between her and him that is totally wasted on this movie. And then he leaves, and the activist woman and the other cheerleader are basically like, okay, girl, let's dish about what happened. Yeah. What?! Yeah. Are you kidding me? It was. That is. I. It was bad.
0: It was bad. It was bad. I I can't say that enough. Ross, because Andrea told Ross what had happened and who she was with, goes to Ron's house and beats him to a bloody pulp.
1: In a very odd kind of fight scene. It was, but, you know, I can forgive that. Whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um. So, that's the end. Well.
1: So, that's that subplot, um, basically. But,
0: basically, that results in Ron digging up Katie's original idea for her article. And giving it over to the head cheerleader. Which is what I kept saying about, well, Buck was mad. Head cheerleader was mad. Everybody on the cheerleading squad was mad because she said some pretty horrible things about cheerleaders and how they were dumb, and the jocks and how they were dumb, and they. Like... But
1: really, that so that lasts that's, for yeah. probably five minutes of the movie until everybody forgets about it.
0: Well, oh, right. I'm just saying that's what led Ron to do that, right? In the first place to get revenge, right? Um. So that's subplot. so that's that
1: subplot. Uh, next subplot is the professor and his cheerleading girlfriend. Yes,
0: Lisa. Lisa and Frank. Or Professor Tilden or something. I don't know. Shaft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, professor Shaft. Frank is a math teacher. Statistics, I believe. I mean, there were some statistics stuff thrown around in his the end of the lecture that they showed. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the professor that's in the gambling ring we talked about in the main plot. And he is Shaft. But not really. He's not really Isaac Hayes. I don't want you to look for this on Isaac Hayes' resume. That's not... He does look a lot, actually, Mm -hmm. like Isaac Hayes in the original Shaft. Um, He's got the, the facial hair and the fro and... Sort of the cool talk, but not quite, because he is a professor. Um, But anyway, that's Frank, and Lisa is the only black cheerleader. They are having an affair. Frank is married. Frank's getting a lot of money because he doesn't want to leave his wife because it costs a lot of money. To get a divorce, I guess, I guess, I don't know.
1: Basically, it's the standard string, the young girl long, they'll get together after he makes this big score with the gambling ring, he'll leave his wife, and then he'll marry the young girl, and they'll go off and have a great life together. There's a scene later in the movie where Lisa is doing some clothes in her dorm, and the professor's wife comes in, all Jackie Brown, says she's going to cut a bitch, almost literally Mm -hmm. says she's going to cut a bitch if she decides to do anything with her man. This is your only warning. And then Lisa gets very understandably freaked out And because technically still, even though she's like 36 or so, probably, (laughs) she gets upset because she's a girl in college. And then that kind of wraps up with her because he had given her a ring that she kind of had to keep secret because no one was supposed to know. But after he is shot and in the hospital, she comes to see him and she basically gives the ring back.
0: Yeah, which was a scene that actually, as we were watching, Steve's like, "Really, we're we're doing this now?
1: <laughs> like, yeah. We gotta win the game." <laughs> it
0: was um, it was something. So that's that subplot. I think that's pretty much all we need to do. The subplot. That's part. yeah.
1: There there were a couple minor things, um, but I just really wanted to mention the almost rape scene that was treated horribly. And then the Jackie Brown cut a bitch. She said she was going to
0: carve her name
1: (laughs) on her boom. Yes, yes. (laughs) And both of those were very kind of, let's write uh, some scenes so that we can pad this movie out a little bit, is what I kind of gathered. But then they were really poorly Poorly written.
0: Alright, so, that's that.
1: That being said.
0: And I'm not going to go back and talk about all the characters, because there are way too many characters, and they're way all the same. So, yeah, <laughs> no. the jocks were dumb, the cheerleaders were, were mean, and Katie was overzealous. Okay.
1: Actually, Katie, in my opinion, was probably the worst feminist ever.
0: Oh, hands down. Down.
1: She, uh, she was... It's almost like this movie was written by two guys that actually don't know what the word feminist means. Huh. Yeah, and just wanted to make a titty movie. Huh. Ah, well, you know.
0: (laughs) It's like, yeah, exactly that. That's exactly what it is like. Um, anyway. So, Steve... Does this deserve to, to be on the
1: on the fifty worst movie of all time list? Uh, it only being my second worst movie, I would say yes, uh, just because uh, it's hard to tell. But I think I summed it up when it said, when I said um, it was poorly acted, poorly directed, <laughs> poorly written, poorly filmed, <laughs> and. I think, and poorly ended. Um, uh uh-huh. So, it definitely needs to be on somebody's list.
0: I don't know that this belongs on the same list as... Some of the, these other movies that we're going to be watching very
1: shortly. Honestly, this is a movie where if it was... Now I don't know. Do you know if this was actually released in the theaters?
0: It was 1974, so I believe so it. probably, probably was. Yeah. yeah,
1: this is those. This is the kind of movie to me. Maybe wouldn't be on a list. It's the kind of movie that you just never know existed after like a couple decades. Right. You it's, know, it's, it's sort it's, of like a. Yeah.
0: Sort of like Mad Dog and Glory.
1: Which I have no idea what that is, so probably.
0: Yeah, it was from the 90s, so it's almost exactly the same period of time that you're talking about. It's a
1: very, there's nothing redeeming about it, I think. Um, I mean, yes, the women were attractive in it. Some of the guys were attractive in it. Um, But really, as a movie, as as a piece of cinema, there was nothing that stood out. There was nothing, there was no real highlights, there was no real lows, Ugh. maybe it really didn't need to be on the worst movies, because really it's just one of those movies that can be forgotten by time rather easily.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. So, uh I, I don't, I think I might agree with you. I don't believe that it belongs on the... Like, it's not the, one of the 50 worst movies of all time, in my opinion. Oh, it's bad. It is bad, <laughs> but... I don't want to let anybody think that I think that this movie is anything less than bad. It's... it's Or anything more than... Whatever. It's bad. But it does not belong on the same list as, like... Man of the Hands of Fate. Or... Shoot, even... Meet the Spartans. I don't think it belongs on the same category. It's just a poorly made movie that wasn't very well thought out. Yes. It, it to me, seemed like an excuse for people to look at boobs. Yeah. In a way that they didn't have to go to a special theater to see that. That, that to me, and to write a whole entire plot around that is... Uh, Well, you're going to get this. I mean, honestly, it's just, it wasn't the worst thing I've seen, but it definitely was bad.
1: Yeah, but like I said, this this just seems to be kind of one of those movies that can be lost to time. Mm -hmm. And nobody, nobody besides maybe the people that directly were involved in it would ever care.
0: No, that's about right. I mean, there were times during watching the movie that I... I mean, there was one time I looked at Steve and I actually yelled, what is happening? Like, I, I have no... Like, there were moments where they completely lost me when they were transitioning from it being a a expose movie to being a comedy to being a softcore. In those transition moments, there were a whole lot of what the hell. Right. But, yeah, I agree. It's pretty much a... A bad movie that's forgot that's forgettable. It's not as so bad it's good, it's not a so bad, oh my god, a mad movie. It's just a right. bad movie.
1: Alright, well that appears, unless you have any final thoughts. That is our review for Breast for the Gipper. If you have <laughs> any ideas about it, if you've actually seen this movie, which if you have how do you remember that you did? <laughs> um, if you have seen this movie, comment below. Uh, subscribe for more bad movies, more good movies. And in that and with that being said, we have pulled our next movies out of our hat, out of our popcorn bucket. And so what is, Ellen, our next good movie? Well, next week we will be
0: watching our next good movie, which is A Streetcar Named Desire, starring Marlon Brando.
1: Alright, and then, after that, we have our next bad movie, which is... Ega. Ega, which Ellen tells me is with the man who played Jaws, one of the greatest character actors Ever. The man who played Jaws from James Bond. So I'm looking really forward to that one.
0: He doesn't have a metal jaw
1: in this. Well, you can't win them all. (laughs) So, once again, that is our review of Breast for the Gipper. If you uh, like this review, please hit subscribe, comment below. And until we rent the theater again, have fun. It looks like we are done for the evening as they are... Lighting the lamps in Royville. So, everyone, have a good night.
0: Bye-bye.